This is show 69 of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. This episode is with Megan Johnson, the executive director of Milwaukee Diaper Mission. This episode was already shared in the Flats and Hamwashing group as a video and is now being uploaded as a podcast for the Cloth podcast is a somewhat regular show dedicated to sharing stories of cloth diapering. We talk with parents, brands, and retailers from around the world to share about this international cloth diaper community. Last week, we had an amazing conversation with Pam from the Philippines where we were supposed to talk about flats, but we kind of more talked about the cloth diaper community, what it looked like in the Philippines, and some of these bigger ideas that maybe the whole cloth diaper community can use and perhaps inspired you, at least it inspired me. So today we're sharing another incredibly inspirational cloth diaper show. This is with Megan Johnson. And if you've been a longtime listener of the cloth diaper podcast, you probably know who Megan Johnson is because I interviewed her in April 19th, 2021 for show 45 about cotton bottom diapers. At the time, Megan and I chatted about her rental service that she was initiating and what that kind of would look like. And then she participated in the 2021 Flats and Handwashing Challenge, and that changed her life forever. So today we are sharing Megan's story, her story of how she went from running a cloth diaper rental to running a nonprofit as a cloth diaper bank in the United States. I am in complete awe of Megan. I think she is a a wonderful human being with such a passion for social service, social responsibility, and community. This episode was originally recorded in early May, and as part of a series of episodes, I'm going to do with diaper banks around the United States and the world to share their stories, and we can maybe learn from them. I thought that something that we could do this year for the Flats and Hand Washing Challenge was talk more about what are the resources are available. Um, it's not necessarily always about making cloth diapers seem affordable and accessible, but it's also about making sure that we have the community support systems in place. Something that we've been talking about a lot on the show and with a wide array of guests is that there is this huge need for one-to-one community support. I can put out as many books as I want or as many courses as I want, but at the end of the day, having a mentor or having somebody in your community that you can reach out to and have a conversation about cloth diapering will continue to be the most impactful thing that we can do. If you want to learn about cloth diapers through a resource, you can check out my book now available on Amazon, perhaps through Barnes and Noble and through different booksellers around the world. Cloth Diapers, The Ultimate Guide to Textiles, Washing and More is available in hardcover, paperback and ebook. It's over 260 pages of colored information and updated graphics. The 2020 version was riddled with spelling mistakes and grammar errors, but with the help of a copywriter, I have been able to scale that back. There's still going to be a couple of errors, but it brings you full color, more content, updated content, and all that great information. The best thing about my book is that it's continued to be updated to ensure that you're going to get the best quality and up-to-date recommendations that you can get. 
Cloth diapering is not a set of rules. Cloth diapering is a communal experience. It's something that you do need a mentor for, and you will need to check in and hold and understand and throw ideas around with somebody. The cloth diaper handbook is just that beginning stage. It's everything you need to know. It's an encyclopedia or a dictionary, a little table side guide so that you can understand what a pocket diaper is, a cloth diaper, and all that things. Now, it's been almost a minute of me talking about my book, so let's move on to the show and talk with Megan about... Yeah, so funny enough, I started Milwaukee Diaper Mission because of the flats and hand washing challenge. Um, I participated in that last year in 2020 and um, was previously running a for-profit business, which was a cloth diaper rental service. And while I enjoyed that, I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would and slowly just kind of veered um, into the nonprofit world. I started because of the flats challenge, I learned about diaper need for the first time in my life as a privileged parent who never really had to worry about purchasing diapers myself. Um, I just hadn't had a lot of conversations about diaper need and participating in the flats challenge and um, having those conversations in the cloth diapering community really opened my eyes to that. And I thought, you know, I've always enjoyed teaching cloth diaper classes. I've always thought that there should be more accessibility when it comes to cloth, especially for low income families. So I thought, you know, maybe I could bring a cloth diaper lending program to the city of Milwaukee. So I thought the first step would be to reach out to the local diaper bank to see if they would want, if they had a cloth program and if they didn't, if they would want to start one. Mm -hmm. And then I could maybe volunteer my time to get that off the ground. And I discovered that Milwaukee did not have any diaper bank at all. How big is the city of Milwaukee? Um, Gosh, you know what? I don't even know the exact population, but we're a bigger city um, compared to, I mean, we're the biggest city in the state of Wisconsin. um, And, uh, you know, we're like, I guess if you were to compare us to like New York or Chicago, we're like more of a middle-sized city, but we're, what we call ourselves is a little big city. So um, (laughs) So you guys are a population of almost 600,000 people. Okay. And a metro population of 1.5 million which uh, this little Canadian says that's more than my province. So (laughs) you're a big city. You're, you're large. You're not small peanuts. Right. Yeah. And and Milwaukee is one of the poorest and most segregated cities in the country as well. So we have um, those barriers um, in addition to just being a, a large metropolis. So were families resourcing, accessing diapers then through other sorts of nonprofits in the region or were they kind of up, hang and dry? I think a little bit of both. So I found once I discovered that Milwaukee didn't have a diaper bank and that, and then I started doing research on diaper banks around, you know, in other cities, um, realizing that, you know, this sort of vital resource did not exist and needed to immediately. I also discovered that a lot of smaller nonprofits like food pantries and social service agencies, uh, mutual aid groups were struggling to be able to provide diapers for families that were struggling to be able to (laughs) afford diapers. So um, a lot of the organizations that we now work with now that we're in operation, um, you know, before we came along, we're, you know, taking some funding and going to their local Walmart and buying diapers off the shelves, which is very expensive. Um, So an organization like ours, a a basic needs bank,
bank. We have access to wholesale purchasing. We get a lot of in-kind donations. So we're able to put those products out into the community at a way lower cost than, than those smaller organizations were doing. So, um, oh, oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, and that like spurs so many little thoughts in my brain. I know I've chatted with you and with Katie and a lot of other people, and I've never kind of thought about that position that you kind of offer as well as knowing like in my local region, nonprofits are tapped out. Like at the end of the day, they don't necessarily have the extra resources to apply for specific diaper grants or to find out how to wholesale diapers. So just going to do it in the way that's accessible and easy at that time, because they've got a dozen other grants that are maybe more important or more prioritized mm-hmm. to them yeah. based on their organization's mission. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's something that, you know, like I said, this, this sort of organization should have existed here in Milwaukee decades ago, really, and, and just never did. And so uh, one of my first steps was to reach out to the National Diaper Bank Network for support. So mm-hmm. they're a uh, national organization that supports diaper banks all across the country. They have a, a couple hundred members in all different states all over the country. And um, when I initially reached out to them, they were so excited to hear from me because they were hoping somebody in Milwaukee would start a diaper program and just hadn't yet. So they were like really excited that this area was now going to get the support that it needed and that they were going to be able to kind of mentor and guide me as I, as I went through the process of learning how to launch a nonprofit, launching a nonprofit. Uh, it was a whole thing. So um, huh. shout out to NDBN, National Diaper Bank Network, for being that support for, for organizations like ours. Are they a good resource then if anybody is watching, listening, and thinking about finding and making this happen in their community because they don't have something? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just emailing them and getting a feel, you know, I think the first step, if you want to start a program like this, make sure it doesn't already exist because we don't want to duplicate any services and have, you know, overlapping organizations in the same service area, because that's just, you know, like it's just creating more work and really we should be, um, you know, focusing on those more rural areas or, or larger cities that don't already have a diaper program or a diaper bank. Um, but yeah, finding out if there are any local organizations that are already doing this work. And then if there aren't, absolutely reach out to the National Diaper Bank Network. And especially if you want to focus on cloth diapering, reach out to Jake's Network of Hope, which is also here in the beautiful state of Wisconsin. Uh, we're really oh, really? Lucky. Yeah, yeah. They're just about an hour and a half north of Milwaukee. So. Oh, okay. I just visited them a couple of weeks ago. I drove up there and toured their warehouse, which was really fun Mm -hmm. and got to hang out with Katie and Stephanie and um, they're operating on a much larger scale than we are. So it was fascinating to see their huge warehouse and all the work that they're doing is so amazing. So if anybody's interested in starting a a cloth diaper program in their local area, reaching out to Jake's, you know, just because they're here in Wisconsin, that doesn't matter. They, they help organizations all over the country and actually all over the world. Mm-hmm. with um, starting, you know, cloth diaper programs or they, you know, they're able to supply programs like ours with, with cloth diapering products. So that's, it's really amazing to have them. Here to a half hour or an hour of Katie's time next week to chat with her and share some of that information that they have at Jake's um, to help us out and kind of expand this. I feel like I, I feel like I know so much because I, I chat with you and I know you and I chat with uh, Salem Cloth Diaper Bank in my stories. Then I'll pop on 
respond to a phone call with with Maddie. I was saying before the show at Permanent Diaper Mission, and she is completely unaware of half of the resources that you've told me about. So um, there's definitely a lot we can do to help awareness so we can come together as a stronger community. Right. Um, yes, absolutely. And I think and not without and without making sure we're not duplicating our resources, yeah. making sure we're like we're all sharing and connecting, collaborating. Yeah, for sure. And that's something that um, Katie from Jake's and Kaylee from Salem Cloth Project and Kelly from Diaper Bank of the Ozarks and a handful of other, uh, Rachel from PDX Diaper Bank in Oregon, uh, we've come together and formed a cloth diaper coalition. So we're still in the very beginning stages of this project, but we as diaper bank leaders, um, most of us have a disposable and a, and a cloth um, you know, side to our program. Uh, but, you know, with a heavy focus on cloth, we are kind of banding together to try and figure out best practice for running a cloth program. Um, how can we support individuals who want to start a program in their own area? How can we mentor them as they work through that process? Um, and what are the tools that we can give them, you know, as far as how to acquire, you know, specific funding for your program, how to develop an educational program for your, you know, like, how are you, how are you teaching cloth classes? Like what, what is, what is best practice for educating folks on cloth diapering? So we're, um, working on trying to figure all of that out right now. And it's been a really amazing experience because, you know, you have Salem cloth business that has a uh, nonprofit side that distributes cloth diapers into the community. Then you have, you know, um, more traditional diaper banks like Milwaukee diaper mission or like diaper bank of the Ozarks that do disposables and cloth. You have, um, Minnesota cloth diaper bank, which they just do cloth. So we're all kind of different and we're all like, you know, we've only been in operation for one year, whereas some of these other banks have been running for five or 10 years. So we all have different levels of experience and different perspectives. And it's, it's a really cool group and I'm excited. Mm -hmm. to see what and I have also grabbed, uh, is it Kay it's Kaylee at Salem? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've grabbed her ear for next week as well. Um, and excited. We share a birthday. Oh, so I immediately feel like we're going to be best friends. Um, yeah. I hope she is not watching this. <laughs> um, I learned that last year because we both turned 30 on the same day and we both had like big because it was a big deal. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, hey, you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, we, I need to know who you are. That's awesome. um, yeah, so I'm excited to also chat with her because she's doing some really cool work too. And um, yeah, when you get a chance to chat with Maddie, she runs her diaper bank through her diaper service. So she runs a diaper service that funds her diaper bank. Sure. So there's so many different ways that people do it. She's not the only one that I've heard that does it that way. I've met a couple other parents through the internet. Uh, but there's so many different ways people try to serve their communities through being a social enterprise or through just being uh, like strictly a really big nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So you only have been in this for a year, which feels crazy because you've had so much press and I feel like you've grown and you're wearing a branded shirt <laughs> and you've got a branded warehouse and you've got a, you got a fancy tool the other day. Um, what was that thing? A lift? Uh, a lift? Jack, yeah. Yeah, you got a pallet jack. Like that feels like a really legit big kind of growing. What's been your biggest challenge over the past year? Oh, wow. There have been so many little challenges that kind of just are all one big challenge when they're put together. I think, you know, funding is a huge challenge for a small grassroots organization that's just getting started. How do we get 
you know, we have a lot of community support where we have, you know, individuals donating 25 bucks, 50 bucks here or there, which is amazing. Um, but when you start, you know, distributing 25,000 diapers a month, um, we're on pace to distribute 25, um, 250,000 diapers this year alone. There's a lot of cost that goes into that shelving, um, you know, equipment, the space itself is really expensive. So, um, we're trying right now to figure out how do we get support from, uh, local businesses? How do we get support via grants? How do we really fund this organization so it can be sustainable and reliable for the long term? So that's really been the biggest challenge, not coming from the nonprofit sector. I had to learn a lot about just, like I said before, like, how do you start a nonprofit? What are the, what are the first steps? What, what do I need to be able to make this thing actually get off the ground? And so that, you know, starts with a board of directors and then, you know, you have to acquire a space and you have to, you know, incorporate your business and, and you have to learn how to run a business. Really. It's a nonprofit is a business. Um, and so it's the biggest challenge has just been like balancing that, you know, what, what is this, what do we need to make this thing run and, and to continue to run for the long term? Which I, so, Alyssa, like that. So that reminds me of the one thing that I did want to talk to, which feels really weird as I feel like I'm saying this, but um, talk to the Cloth Ember community about this week is that I know that there are so many parents with so many different skill sets that we don't necessarily always need more people starting cloth diaper banks, but maybe if there's a cloth diaper parent who has time to volunteer that their full-time job is a grant writer, that they volunteer with a diaper bank or they volunteer with a nonprofit to write a grant, or if their skill set is accounting, right? Like you volunteering and supporting the end of diaper need doesn't always necessarily mean doing what you're doing of running and starting and being on the ground and spending all day delivering diapers. Sometimes it's showing up in uh, the ways our skill set's best. Yep. Absolutely. And we started, our board of directors is very much a working board. We have an attorney as our secretary. So if we have any sort of, you know, legal stuff that we need to work through, she's doing that for us. We have, a, you know, an accountant is our treasurer. We have a, uh, someone who has a, his, you know, who has a background in corporate social media on our board. We have, um, you know, someone who has a history in working in development and planned giving is on our board to help us with fundraising. So, you know, finding those people in your community that have those skills that are looking for something. And a lot, a lot of the parents or a lot of the people on our board are parents who have left their career to be a stay-at-home parent for the time being. And so they have a little bit of extra time to give and volunteer and, you know, use those skills to benefit the organization. But aside from that, on the cloth side of things, we, there are so many things that we have to offer parents who are cloth diapering parents that want to help, um, you know, when we get donations from the community. Well, that's the first thing, donating your old cloth diapers. People can donate those to us and we we can sanitize them and redistribute them to families in need. Um, families can, you know, volunteer to sanitize diapers for us, you know, uh, package diapers for us. Um, and then on the other side of things, we have volunteers who want to help teach cloth diaper classes. So, you know, right now I'm teaching all the classes, but at some point as my position becomes more complex and as we grow, I'm going to need support and I'm going to need those cloth diaper parenting volunteers to step in. And like this person is going to teach the class this month. Month or, you know, our, our part of our model 
our ongoing mentoring and support to the families who receive cloth diapers from our organization. So those parents who are like, hey, I cloth diaper for five years. I'm totally cool with sharing my email and, you know, having a family reach out to me if they have questions or need help with fit or washing or, you know, because we have these Facebook groups and we have these, you know, this online community and that's wonderful and can be really supportive. But having an individual that lives in your neighborhood that can actually like you can call up or email and say, hey, my diapers are leaking. What should I do? That's like so much more powerful and so much more supportive. So um, so that's another great way for for folks to volunteer, too. I can tell you exactly what aisle of Walmart to find the product. Um, I I think we talked a little bit about that on live. And I as much as every time I look at creating more resources and more people that I talk to, like nothing, you really can't replace a lot of that one-to-one that is so needed. And it's so needed on so many levels within cloth diapering. Like it's needed on the sense that we need to, parents need support. They need to be able to call and figure out what's going on with their wash or their fit. They also just sometimes need another human to talk to, like actually talk to and feel like they're being listened to. Uh, I love a good Facebook group, but sometimes it can be so overwhelming or your post will get missed. And then uh, if you're struggling with anxiety or postpartum and your post doesn't get answered, man, that can be a hard spiral. But an email address to a local mom who will respond back can um, definitely be that support that is so needed. And it helps take as a, as a content creator who gets like severely burnt out. It also uh, helps the rest of us take the, take the load off. Like we literally, you can't answer every email. I can't answer every email. Um, but there's so many, there's so many great wisdom. Like everybody I talk to is so intelligent and wonderful and they can offer that advice. And sometimes that advice is not necessarily advice, but just like. Yeah. And on another level with volunteers, you know, we are engaging our youth in our community. So um, I think, you know, a lot of times we forget about, you know, teens or college students who may, may not necessarily be in that season of life where they're parenting and they have small children. So they don't necessarily get diapers, but they are willing and able to assist in any way they can. A lot of them have like service hours they have to do for graduation. A lot of them are in clubs that focus on service. So For example, we have a local high school here who has a a feminist student union, which was co-founded by two amazing students, and they have over 150 members in their student union that is focused on feminism, but they also want to do activism in all all different sectors. And so they found our mission to be really inspiring. And um, I brought my minivan full of period products to their high school the other day, and they packaged 200 period kits for us. And um, they're just like so excited to be involved and learn about inclusivity and um, accessibility and sustainability. It's it's really neat to see them working. And yeah. man, I like I can't even. I was pretty involved in a lot of things, but like to imagine. And that could have saved me like five years off my life of research and development into <laughs> diaper need and poverty, period poverty. Period poverty is a huge one. And that's a lot of people, a lot of diaper banks do that as well on the side as well. Right. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. A lot of diaper banks do have a period program. And, you know, I think we're a little bit unique in the sense that we offer reusable period products. So we do kits with cloth pads and menstrual cups in addition to disposable kits so that individuals have that dignity of choice and that option to be able to decide, you know, I want to try this, these reusable products and, and those folks deserve accessibility to those, to those products. So, um, that's, you know, it, it adds another layer. It adds another step and another thing. Thing that that we have to focus our energy on in a good way, but it's it's definitely um, a huge part of our mission. Because you got your disposable diapers and disposable period products, and then reusable period products, and then reusable diapers, and processing all of those together. Um, and how do you? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. I think I'm good. I like, I think we've really, we've touched on a lot of really great points that I really wanted to share with the community. They can find you on Instagram for sure at Milwaukee diaper mission. What's, and you've got a website probably. MilwaukeeDiaperMission.org. And we have a lot of really great information on our website about our cloth program, um, some educational stuff just about around cloth and reusable menstrual products. And we're also, we just started a, well, it hasn't started yet, actually, but by the time this is live, we will have a uh, social media campaign going to raise awareness around period poverty. So it's called the I Bleed campaign. Um, so if anybody's interested in having a discussion on social media about not only accessibility to sustainable products, but also just menstrual equity, um, gender inclusivity when it comes to menstruation, they can check out the iBleed page on our website and participate by taking a selfie and posting. So um, that's just another way for volunteers to get involved that may not even live in Milwaukee or be able to, you know, support us directly, but they can just, you know, be involved in the work that we're doing in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, and we'll keep that live on our website for a while. So if anybody, you know, is hearing this down the road, they'll still have be able to access that and take a look at it. Awesome. I love your selfie, Megan. Um, and I love that you're an executive director now. Very fancy, right? Fancy (laughs) and legit is this. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing about parody poverty awareness week. Um, I'm going to look forward to that because one thing that I stumble as I stumble on my words is um, gender inclusive or gender neutral language when talking about period period poverty. And, and it's mostly just because you've been groomed for 25 years and one set of terms and you're now sometimes you don't even recognize it, but you're trying. So looking forward to learning more about that next week then from people as we try to figure out how to do it better. Um, yeah, for sure. Yes. Everyone's, everyone's learning together. It's definitely something that, you know, like you said, it's been ingrained in us to say feminine hygiene. Well, first of all, not everyone who identifies as a female is getting a period. Right. Yeah. And also on the other side of like feminine hygiene, hygiene, like periods are not unhygienic. So why are we even saying that word when associate, you know, it perpetuates that stigma of, you know, periods being gross or, you know, not okay to talk about or not okay to think about. So um, there's, a, it's a lot, it's a lot to remember. It's a lot to kind of reprogram your brain to, to think and, and say, but it's important work. So we're just oh, yeah. doing that. Okay. Well, now I'm excited for a new project next week. Uh, well, Thanks for taking the time today. I'm going to hit the end on those. 
So a quick 25 minutes, 20 minutes with Megan Johnson to talk about her experience with Milwaukee Diaper Mission and a little bit about M Poverty Week, which this episode is coming out after the end period Poverty Week. So perhaps you've already caught that. If you didn't catch that, it's probably because you're not following me on social media. So go do that. Find the Cloth Diaper Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Cloth Diaper Podcast, keeping it super simple and super real. Next week, we'll bring to you another episode from some amazing cloth diaper resources, including a story from a cloth diaper parent in the UK. We are going to chat with Sweet Bum Mom. I can't wait to share this with you. If you want to be on the Cloth Diaper Podcast, if you want to share your story, either through a guest post or a podcast, send me an email, bailey at clothdiaperpodcast.com. I also have advertising opportunities and would love to connect with new brands to share their stories.